What's up, guys? Rachel Lindsay here, and I am teaming up with your favorite Ringer podcasters to deliver the Bravo drama and news that you've been craving on Morally Corrupt. It's the show about all things Bravo, from the housewives to summer house and everything in between. We'll be mentioning it all every week. Check it out on Spotify and theringer.com. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. he came on after his sixth title it was right at the start of the ringer and now he's coming back because he just won again johnny bananas the greatest challenge star of all time on mtv's uh the challenge he won again he won another season we're gonna come and talk about that and uh and about how to fix the challenge going forward i have a couple ideas i've been known to have some ideas from time to time without further ado johnny bananas all right, my next guest came on after he won his sixth title on the challenge, and we compared it to Michael Jordan, who had also won six titles, only he had something up his sleeve, a seventh title, which happened this week on the challenge. They said it couldn't happen. They said he was cursed after he backstabbed Sarah. Not really. I defended you. I did not think it was a backstab. I thought it was, I thought it was in, in the spirit of the game. Agreed. You finally did it. People said you were too old. People said you hung on too long. No, you won. I mean, I mean, Bill, uh, I was one of those people. Okay. I'm not saying that I had completely counted myself out. Uh, but you know, to sit here before you right now to say that I had, you know, the, the, the faith that it was going to happen for sure. Um, I didn't. And, um, you know, at, at first I wanted to just prove to everybody that curses don't in fact exist. I thought I was just a, victim of my own success, which is what I think I've actually told you on this here show before. Uh, but yeah, cause everyone's gunning for you. Everyone's got, and that's, and that was just kind of what I had to deal with. And that's what I had to adapt to. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I figured, listen, I'll just keep throwing crap against the wall and it's going to stick one of these seasons. And it just wasn't. And in, instead of actually doing better every season, it was almost working in the opposite direction. And, um, after the last two seasons, world of worlds, one world of worlds, two, uh, early exits on both some of my earliest exits since since early on in the challenge. I mean, I actually started doubting whether it was going to happen and if in fact curses were real. And um, you know, it took this season. It took living in a bunker underground in the Czech Republic uh, for eight weeks and a uh, 
a mountain high up in the Austrian Alps to uh, to prove to me and everybody else that, uh, you know, curses are made to be broken. It was one of my least favorite seasons about halfway through. I didn't like the bunker. I thought mm-hmm. it was dark, depressing. Guess what it I was. like when you... When you guys are in a nice house with a pool and people, you and I, you and I both, my friend, and, you're, and there's bars and people in bikinis and people playing chicken, and yeah. it's like I don't really want to be in a bunker on the show. But then I thought the last few episodes, I thought it really kicked in, and yeah. uh, you know, Corey, I don't know if you know this, but Corey has some kids back home. I did I not know, know did that. Did he mention that? Did he mention that on the show? I'm not positive he did. It's the first I've heard of that. I had no idea that. Is that what Corey was playing for? Yeah, apparently he was keeping this low, but he was okay. playing for his kids back home. Wow. You would have never his, known. And, and his baby on the way. He he kept it low. But it's you, like an anonymous donor that, you know, <laughs> that, that donates all this money and you just never know about it. <laughs> you you were just playing for you. You didn't have you didn't have the seven kids at home that you were playing for. I was playing for you too, Bill. All right. I, I appreciate that. Okay, because you know what? You know what meant more? You know what was more of a motivating factor for anything? Not the seventh title, not getting put back ahead as far as money earned, not my 20th season. It was coming back on your podcast because I know the only way I was going to get back on is if I won again. You know what I mean? That's not true because, uh, and I told you this by text, I've been watching a lot of challenge. Uh-huh. It's replaced real sports for me because there are no real sports. And I've just, I think I've banged out maybe 12 or 13 of the last 20 seasons because Amazon has this MTV hits package. It's like seven bucks a month. Uh-huh. You get all the old challenges. I watched them once. The challenge, one of those things you watch them, you never think about it again. It's not like people are writing about it years later. It's not like there's record books. So you just, you kind of vaguely remember stuff. It's incredible. I got to say, I, I really enjoyed it. It's fun to have on in the background. It's not like ridiculousness that MTV plays every waking moment of every single True. day. I've always said it's like, why not play instead of playing 87 episodes of Ridiculous in a Day, maybe play 80 and then play seven episodes of the challenge right. and you know, give people what they want. But um, uh, I thought Pluto TV was the only place to find it, but I guess that's not the case. Uh, that's what sucked me. That's what sucked me into it was the Pluto because they have okay. the Pluto channel, but there's commercials. And eventually I was like, I'm done with that. I, I, how how do I not get commercials? And that led me to the Amazon thing. But the reason I bring this up, they go all the way back to like 06. I got I got the DVDs, man. You could have asked. I could have sent you over the originals. Well, there's some early bananas in there, including The Ruins, which is in Ooh. the argument for Greatest Season, where you have this, it's just a chin. It's like a chin thing and a soul patch, but no mustache. Oh, what was God, going on dude. that year? I don't know, man. I don't know. Listen, I am so glad not just with the mistakes that I made as far as like the way I behaved, but the fashion faux pas that I made back in the day with the fedora hat and the bandana. Um, That was back in the day when I thought it was cool to like go to the gym and just put as many heavy plates on bench as you possibly could and eat cheeseburgers after because all I cared about was what the scale said. Then I saw myself on TV and I looked like a hippopotamus. Um, (laughs) Listen, I'm glad I made all of my mistakes before the advent of social media and back when I was in my early 20s because uh, Lord knows I might not be sitting here today if that wasn't the case. But I will have to agree. I thought the Ruins was an excellent season. Definitely a very highly underrated season. It was Um, action-packed. But, you know, that's when you weren't weren't the the guy yet. No. You were one of the guys. There was a lot of guys who could win every year. And as, as the years pass around 13, 14, when you'd won a couple times, yeah, 2013, 14, that's when people were like, we got to get this guy out. And then you became the guy at the poker table 
that everybody's just going all in on trying to challenge you over and over again, try to get you the fuck out of the game. I became the Patriots, man. I became the team that gets everyone's best shot every week. And that's what most people don't factor in. And I think the root that rivals three, I think it was after rivals three, when I won my sixth title. Yeah. So I got the notoriety from getting my sixth win. But then the amount of notoriety that I got for taking the money from Sarah, I just think that that put me into a whole new dimension where people did not want to see me win, whether it was in the literal sense or, or in the figurative sense anymore. Sounds like the Pats. Exactly. And, I, and it's like they say, the higher on the ladder you get, the bigger the, the target on your ass gets. And I think that that just made me, you know, it, it was I became public enemy number one every season. I mean, we did World of Worlds one. I didn't know. 50% of the people in the house, day two, Wes already had them all convinced that I need to be gone. And, and, and that's kind of the way it went. And that's what I've been dealing with for the past few seasons, man. Um, and as much as I want to, you know, sit here and try to give credence to the fact that there may be this curse that existed. Again, I just think it was, uh, I was taking everyone's best shot every week. And then putting my differences aside, putting that rivalry and all that bullshit aside with Wes this season, I think went a long way. Uh, to kind of neutralizing other enemies that I may had had in the house. And it allowed me to kind of fall back into my old game and uh, be kind of uh, a little more cunning, a little more manipulative. And I was able to kind of sit back and strike when the time was right, not just lash out at everyone because they were lashing out at me. Yeah, but you still got thrown into some challenges. I did. Even on the final episode, you you had this random challenge that came out of nowhere. nowhere. And if they pick... The six foot five dude, Fessy, you're done because he would have just been able to touch that bell yeah. without even thinking. Yeah. And he and Rogan did the volunteer thing, which I I always think is lame. It's like, ah, I'm gonna, I'll volunteer. You, when you kind of know you're going in, you pretend yeah. you're being like magnanimous. It's like, you're yeah. going in, dude. Yeah. It's happening, whether you want to or not. Yeah. I'm glad but you I, lucked listen, out with that, though. I'm glad things, listen, I say this about every season. Okay. It's better to be lucky than good. And I could go into a season with the absolute best strategy possible, the strongest alliance on planet Earth, but without a few elements of luck, um, and it happens every season, it, things don't turn out the way they did. This season, for example, I mean, by Wes nominating himself to go in against me, I mean, that completely changed the whole dynamic of, of my game, which I would never have factored in. Um, the final challenge where we were in the in the race car and we had to knock the pins down like bowling pins, how by the grace of God, more of mine fell down than everybody else's. And then in the final, not just that elimination, but the math equation, Bill, I am terrible. I am God awful person at math. We had to do, it was a nine stage math equation that uh, you got, you got a different part of the equation, like every 10 feet that you went. And I had to solve this in a blizzard with my ski pole in the snow. Okay. I wouldn't be able to do this math problem right in front of me right now in my bedroom with a piece of paper and a pen. And the fact that I was able to do that math equation under the amount of pressure that I was, and that ended up being the, the deciding factor in that final. Had I not solved it faster than Corey and, and, and Kyle, might might have been a different outcome. And that's what keeps me up at night, man, is that is that math equation and me somehow figuring out the 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 uh the equation to it. But um I don't know, man. I think that there was a lot of things that happened this season that are unexplainable. Um, and I really do think that, um, it, this was my, it was, it was meant to be, man. You know, they say those fairy tale seasons. I think this was like my fairy tale. Well, the challenge is like the NFL where you just want to be in position to win, but you still need luck and you need a couple good things to happen. Absolutely. Right. I was watching 
this is pathetic that I'm just name dropping past challenge seasons, but Battle of the Seasons, okay. which was a great season. You weren't on that one. Wasn't there. Yeah. But San Diego was in that, the uh, the one where they have, everybody's in the tight glass case and you have mm-hmm. to try to basically run through each other and touch the bell. Yep. And Zach's, Zach's about to lose. That yeah. dude, CJ, figured out go low every time. Yep. Yep. Low man wins. Zach smartly realizes, I'll just hurdle him. And he hurdles him like uh, Edwin Moses. Yep. Hurdles him over, hits the bell. So then the next time CJ has to come up, he blows him away. But then those guys end up winning the challenge. And it all is because that hurdle worked. And it's like football where it's like, all right, there's there's that one third and 14, that one, you know, that one punt return you get. And that flips it. Very rarely does the dominant, like Jenny was dominant. You knew Jenny was going to win the whole season. Yep. There was no question she was winning. But with the men, like any of the four, I think could have won. Yeah. No. I, and, and that's the thing is, I think a lot of people don't give enough credit to the finalists that were there because there's not a tried and true old school vet fan favorite, like a Jordan or like a CT or like, you know, a, a West that was there. The guys that were there, I mean, Corey's made uh, three finals, I think, in the seasons that he's he's been in there. He's no slouch. He came into this season in better shape than he's ever been. Corey's uh, like the Houston Texans, though. <laughs> he he's in, in the way? playoffs, but it's like you know he's not. You know it's not. There's no going to be no Super Bowl for Corey, buddy. He had I, I forgot what it was, but there was something motivating him this season to perform as well as he did. He mentioned he, it a few times. I he, forgot forgot what it was. Do you think maybe he had kids like he was playing for? I don't. That might have been it. That might have been it. I'm not sure, but I remember him saying that there was something that he was playing for. I can't put my finger <laughs> on exactly what it was. So I think he had extra motivation this season. Kyle, as much shit as as people want to talk on Kyle for not being all that intelligent um, yeah. and kind of, you know, snaking his way through challenges, the guy has no quit in him. I've seen Kyle do things and, and come out of nowhere, whether it's carrying crates on his back. He ran up. <laughs> this is a funny story. I don't even know if this is going to make the show. Kyle's diabetic. All right. First yeah. season he did was Vendetta's. We had to run up the Rock of Gibraltar. He didn't, he thought that if he told production that he was diabetic and told him about his syringes, that they wouldn't, they, they'd kick him off the show. He ran wow. up the rock of Gibraltar with a syringe. It was capped up his ass. He keistered a syringe and ran up the entire rock of Gibraltar and beat half the guys. Wow. Stood up in a, in, in the bunk, in the uh, cave, in the rock of Gibraltar for eight hours and ran up the hill the rest of the way. I mean, this guy has, has a motor in him that most people don't give him credit for. Um, and then there's Fessy, man. I mean, Fessy, incredibly strong guy, dude. I mean, for his size, to have the amount of of stamina, uh, the guy's a you know a collegiate football player. I mean, he was for his size. The guy has an incredible motor on him too. So, and then Rogan just won last season. So, I mean, there were there were no slides. I thought there, Fessy. So I watched this the last two seasons. I watched with my daughter, who was really into it. She says hi, by the way. Uh, we both thought Fessy was a prohibitive favorite. Yeah. But then how it turns out where you have the final challenge and it it basically played to none of his strengths. None. It was like endurance. He doesn't get to use strength at all. He doesn't get, you know, the the elimination challenges. So many of those are going to go his way. Anything where he gets to bulldoze somebody. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, he's like a bigger CT. Yeah. Like all yeah. the stuff you'd be afraid of with CT in the eliminations. He's even bigger and stronger and more 100%. crazy. No, he's got that guy's got a very high ceiling, which is the reason why everyone's like, oh man, why didn't you throw Fessy in the hall brawl when you won in the end? I'm like, because the guy was coming back 100%. 
And this is right. not someone that I need in future seasons coming after me if I'm going to go back on my word. Um, but, you know, that's funny. My, my daughter asked me that and I was like, bananas is too smart. He knows that guy's winning. He doesn't want that guy mad at him. He's doing the know. Bill Russell. It's like when Bill Russell was always friends with Will Chamberlain, he would take him out to dinner. Dude. He always wanted Will Chamberlain to yes. like him. So Will Chamberlain was never mad. You have to look, for, listen, man, the, the, the biggest mistake a lot of people make on the challenge is they don't consider what you do now will affect your game in the future one way or another. Um, sometimes it doesn't really matter, but with, with the guy like him who I knew after his rookie season had performed as well as he did, I watched him do everything that a guy his size shouldn't be able to do. I knew that by sending him in, if I did, would it be a great TV moment? Absolutely. He would have absolutely murdered Rogan in that hallway. But I'm like, this is a guy who's going to be back in future seasons. And if I get in good with him, if, if I do something for him now, he's going to owe me in the future. Um, well, if PTI had a show the day after this, if they did, if they led with the challenge today, they would have done the whole first segment would have been about you. Yeah. And then the segment, first, second segment would have been Wilbon saying to Kornheiser, I mean, Fessy, what happened to this guy? Yeah. This guy yeah. was a beast. He, he completely choked on the mountain. Does Fessy have it? Like what happened to that dude? Altitude, man. And this is something yeah. that a lot of people, Fessy's never been, Fessy, he said the highest he's been is like Florida, which is sea level. So it's like, Fessy, you haven't been, people, I, I've spent a lot of time throughout my life in the mountains. All right. I grew up skiing, snowboarding. I dated a professional snowboarder. So I spent a lot of time in Tahoe and it, you know, that whole circuit. If you've never been at altitude, if you've never felt what it feels like to, to climb a mountain, walk up a flight of stairs, go to the bathroom at 10,000 feet, it's, it's, it's like your body's not functioning properly. You're like, why can't I catch my breath? Right. And if you've been there, if you've done that before, you kind of almost know how to like deal with it and not panic. Um, but a guy, his size, it's the same reason that CT, one of the reasons that he died in a battle of the X's too, him and Diem on that glacier in Iceland, same thing. Um, you could be, you could be the longest distance runner on, uh, you know, at sea level. But as soon as you get up to altitude, I think that was the great equalizer of this challenge. Like, like the bunker, this is what I've been saying is our biggest competition, as much as you, you obviously hated the bunker, the bunker was our biggest competition this season. Okay. It was everyone in that house against the bunker. Cause that was, it was the biggest nightmare. competition for entertainment. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it, it's tough. Listen, cause you guys really are all miserable. It's like, how is this fun? Everyone in the bunker hates exactly, being in the bunker. Man. It's, it's like, it's like, how are we going to be entertaining when we all are clinically depressed? Like that's just and there's not- a big, and there's a big siren going off every morning. Oh. That sounds like uh yeah, like some catastrophes happening. It gets wet a lot. They didn't show most of it. I mean, we are, we are breathing in artificial air pumped in through some oxygen system from like the cold war era. All the light that we had was artificial. You had to walk f- five minutes to go to the porta pot if you need to use it because all the plumbing inside the 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 bunker took a took a crap. Um, oh, no. When we'd go on the bus, the whole thing was like let's let's prevent them from getting vitamin D. We'd be on the bus going to the challenge. All the windows were blacked out on the bus. Um, the bars we went to were all underground at night, so it was like we were like vampires, dude. We'd come out every once in a while, like in the daylight, and it would like you almost felt like your your skin was going to burn off. Um, so while the bunker was obviously the challenge, you know, the biggest challenge of the season, the mountain and the altitude, I think was the great equalizer and the hardest part of the final. I mean, it wasn't the longest final. There's been way longer ones. I think this one beginning to end was 12 miles, but 12 miles in knee deep snow at 10,000 feet is, is no joke. Do you think the seventh title will finally make people forget that 
you thought the Australian house language was Dutch? No. Or do you think that's still going to be on your, no. on your, on your gravestone? No, I'll never live that one down. I'll never, it's what's funny is, uh, one of my closest friends on the challenge, her name's Sky. She's from Australia. Uh, and she was there when I gave that answer and, um, she has never let me live it down, man. Yeah. That's, that's definitely one of my low lights. That and the uh, the backpack in uh, Cutthroat, which I'm probably you were probably going to bring up at some point, so I want to get it out there ahead of time. Yeah, but that's the punch. CT is the greatest elimination guy of all time, and he yeah. was at the peak of his powers. That to, to me, that's like you were on an island against Randy Moss in 2007. You're getting torched. Like, yeah, absolutely. There's no way around it. And that's then what I'm saying. it's like everyone's like it's like it would be like Floyd Mayweather getting in the ring against Mike Tyson. It's like what 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 do you think the outcome is going to be? Well, then you had Fat Tyler after you, who was like carrying <laughs> 20 pounds extra. He was, CT had to drag him to the belt too, but oh. Tyler, all Tyler was doing was eating for two weeks before that thing. He ran out of his meds, all right? So that's yeah. all he was doing. He said he was eating his emotions. You know what? And that's another <laughs> one. When you talk about, uh, like I said before, the luck of the draw, it, that was a flip of a coin. Who went against CT first was determined by the flip of a coin. So had the yeah. coin flipped the other way, he would have had to deal with, you know, lunchbox first and then me after. And the, the whole outcome might, might've been different, but I'm, well, I'm a firm believer and everything happens for a reason, man. And there's nothing in the past that, that, you know, I would necessarily want to change. Cause I mean, here we are today. Well, listen, even though the Australian Dutch thing was bad, it still doesn't, doesn't match Brad spelling throne T H R O N and not putting the E at the end. It's still the number one, no. oh my God, challenge trivia spelling moment. And TJ gave him both options because Brad said, thrown like a baseball or thrown like a king sits on. And TJ's like, I'll take either one. And he both <laughs> uh, can we talk conspiracy theories? I love conspiracy theories. So there's a conspiracy theory that you and Wes hatched this whole thing. You're going to be friends, but Wes couldn't stay the whole show and he was going to go in the challenge and get out. Not true? No. no. There's, there, there, listen, there's a, there's a few conspiracy theories going on. One of those, that's just Wes trying to somehow uh, come to terms with the fact and make an excuse for what is arguably the most boneheaded decision in the history of challenges and especially in alliances, okay? Wes and I had that house. We had a stranglehold on that house and he was actually sitting prettier than I was. He more people owed him favors and he was in a better position actually in the house than I was. The numbers that he had that, that it was basically like, he was like a dam holding back this flood against me. And I was holding a flood against, against him, but his was a lot bigger. Um, had he not sent himself into the elimination against me, he had two, three eliminations after that, that he would have had first crack at and would have been able to go in. And it would have been against Corey or Fessy in a run across a, barrel competition, uh, or untie a knot in a car against Josh competition. He would have won either one of those. Wes knew that when I nominated myself to go in, which I did, I purposely threw that elimination. I told TJ that his mom was had the most, uh, world cups. Uh, when I threw that elimination, Wes knew before I had told him before, I'm like, this is my plan. I'm, I don't want to be here anymore. I want, if I'm going to be here, I need a reason to be here. I'm checked out. And I want to have a purpose. I need a red skull. So therefore, I'm throwing today's challenge and I'm nominating myself to win. Yeah. He then ended up winning that day. And I think it then became apparent to him like, wait a minute. So Bananas is going to go in and potentially come back with a red skull. And I think the, the idea of me being in the house with a red skull and him not having one, it's almost like the kid being jealous of, of the other kid that has a toy that he wants to play with. So mm. 
I think he just made a very ill-advised move. I think pride and ego got in the way. I think he was worried about what fans were going to think if he didn't nominate himself to going against me. And I'm like, Wes, any other season? Yeah, baller move, dude. Do what Jordan did. Send yourself in against me in a punch a hole and climb a drywall wall. But this ain't it, man. And he made that's a, a good that's move. a good elimination for you. The punch the wall and climb up thing. It is. I destroyed a lot of drywall as a kid. So yeah, that's I'm one of your better ones. I don't know how you don't break a hand with those, but those are pretty good ones. You know, watching you and Wes team up, it re- almost reminded me of WWE, like wrestling, where the guys who have feuded in the past they just start getting along. And it's like, well, this is weird. You guys have had 70 steel cage matches against each other. Now you're friends. I couldn't, I couldn't totally figure out how to digest it. So this all stemmed from, this wasn't done out of desire. Okay. This was done out of necessity. Uh, yeah. Cause you may, ba- cause it's so many newcomers. Exactly. Basically all the old, all the OGs, you kind of have to stick together at some point. And we, and, and that's the thing is if, if, Wes and I have gotten to the point where I think we're both obviously we're in the twi- our twilight years on the challenge. Yeah. And we've both done so much and we've contributed so much to this franchise over the years that it would be nice to kind of ride off into the sunset whenever that that takes place, giving as many best shots as we can and kind of going out and and kind of you know enjoying the fruits of our labor. Instead, what we were doing is we were going in and we were refusing to let old our old vendettas die and by us going at each other every season day one all we were doing was making everyone else's lives easier all these new kids that were coming in the other vets they all knew as long as wes and bananas are here they are 100 percent going to be at each other's throats and we could just sit back and let the bullets whiz by until one or both of them is eliminated and that's what's happened the past two seasons world of the worlds one world of the worlds two we basically paved the way for people who didn't, some people who did not deserve to be in that position were in that position. And after World of Worlds 2, we were in a SUV together going to the MTV Movie Awards. And we both looked at each other and we're like, what are we doing? For two right. guys that consider ourselves to be the, the brightest and most strategic players, we're, we're, this is just dumb doing the season after season. So let's try and do the opposite. This is out of necessity. This has to be done because if it doesn't, we're just screwing ourselves. And it worked better than I ever thought that it that it could or would. I'll never root for Wes, so it didn't totally work for me. Yeah, me neither. His own parents don't root for him, dude. So come on, Wes. Does Wes still have 30 car 30 companies and 40 cars? Oh, did he say oh, that year? Oh, he's got more. He's got more now. I think 40 he's up companies? to 70. I think he's up to 70 companies. All right. Um he's, you know, all a swag, you know, swaggy C's business. I think Wes is also taking full credit for everything that Swaggy's doing as well. And he's got all of his cars, but somehow he still has managed to find time to film this midlife crisis of a show he's doing now in <laughs> right. quarantined in Kansas with the rest of his friends. It's like, God, where does this guy find the time? It's, it's incredible. I had to run all those companies, do all that stuff. It's amazing. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Ice Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. 
This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Hey, welcome to Ikea, where even this desk is circular. Huh. How so? Looks pretty rectangular to me. It's because we're always looking to repair, reuse, and we love our products, like buying back your IKEA items for store credit, or shop our as-is section for great deals. You can even order free spare parts. Get on the circular path for a more sustainable future. Still a rectangle. Get started at ikea-usa.com slash circular. Visit ikea-usa.com slash circular for as-is information and buyback and resale terms and conditions. Spare parts not available for all products. When can we get rid of all the English people from the challenge and just go get back to the to our you roots? Like, you don't like the Brits, huh? No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We got a couple years out of them, but but yeah, when, you know, in the in the heyday, the initial heyday of the challenge, you know, late two thousands, heading into the two thousand tens, the real world was still the feeder system. That was our that was our bullpen. it was yeah. it was the triple A baseball team just sending up can't miss prospects. Yep, people who had been on TV for four or five months. Like you think like that real world Portland season and Jordan and hurricane Naya, and they're just coming out of the triple a, like yeah. with five star five four players ready to, ready to go. And now it's like, they're doing, she's the one he's what's that. Are she's you the, the one. one. Are, you the, are one? you the one? I don't Big even brother, know what the names Love of the Island. Are. Can we just go back to Get where wrecked. we were? Is it over? Like we're never going to be able to find 28, 28 people we have to we have to outsource to other countries. So, yeah, I mean, that's listen, until the real world comes back, man, until they can find a way to bring the real world back and kind of recapture some of like the, that magic that the real world used to, to provide with characters and dynamic characters. Here's the biggest problem. And here's my biggest issue. And I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but the casting now. There's a reason why the vets, the OGs, were cut from a different cloth, man. The CTs, the Brads, the Marks, the Derricks, the Kennys, the Evans, the Durrells, the Corals, the Tinas, the Betts. I could go on. The, the, it's like these Anissa. were it, uh, the Anises. These characters were multidimensional. They were gritty. They were all unique. They all had a couple couple skeletons in the closet. Definitely lots of skeletons in the closet. I mean, most of them were just completely mentally, you know, off the reservation. But back then, dude, my season of the real world Key West back in the day when, when they were still casting, I was one of 200,000 applicants. So you can wow. imagine the amount of, of, you know, the steps and layers that these people had to go to. And only like the most dynamic, charismatic, just multidimensional characters made it to the top. Yeah. Now it's almost like, okay, you're hot and you like to get drunk and hook up. Good. You're cast. We don't care if there's, if you have any sort of, 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 of personality, we don't care if you have any other, other dimensions to you. It's like, if you want to go on and be a complete train wreck, uh, then 
than your cast, you know? And that's the problem is, and, and, and you're seeing that with, I think the quality, it's very rare that you're getting those really Char- outstanding actual characters. Yeah. And but that's the, the thing, thing about the UK but, kids though, is I feel like a lot of the UK kids, they have established characters, whether you like them or not, there is no one on earth like bear. Okay. There is nobody on it's earth. True. Like, like, you know, like a Melissa or, or even a Jenny, like you see these people and you're just like Rogan. I mean, you're like, these people actually exist, Georgia. Like, I mean, they're a whole nother breed, man. Like them, love them or hate them. They are their characters, dude. You know what I mean? But it seems like the answer is to do another fresh meat season. Yeah. And yeah. really try to look. Cause you think like how many, how many challenge stars came out of those two fresh meat seasons? Is that guess at least where 10. fresh meat, guess where fresh meat characters came from though? Those were the people who didn't make it to the real world. Those are the people who oh, were is that true? one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everyone that made fresh meat, Laurel, Car Maria, uh, Kenny, Evan, all of them were right. They, they made it to like the final round of, uh, of casting for the real world and they didn't. So they basically were, were, were taking that pool. They'd already kind of like been vetted. And so that's where you got fresh meat from. So it would, they'd have to kind of go back to the old school way of, of casting. And like, and, and beyond that, I just think, man, I just feel like this new generation and listen to me, I sound like such an old, old fart saying this, but I feel like this new generation of, of, of kids, the youth nowadays is just, there's just not a whole lot there, man. There's just not a whole lot there. You, so you're saying there there might not be a next generation of the Camillinator and Nani, might not just might not have that. Listen, I, I have to deal with them on a daily basis. But from you being the the loyal viewer that you are, I mean, what what characters do you see right now? What personalities do you see that you're like this person has a very high ceiling? Not just when it comes to their athletic. In order yeah. to be a very well rounded challenge competitor, which there's very few, it's like you have to you have to be intelligent, you have to be humor. You have to be able to win and you have to be able to like, like strategize. And there are certain people that have one of these characteristics, but not the other. And it's very difficult to find that competitor that kind of, you know, covers all the bases. Well, you also had a lot of one of a kind people too, going backwards. Like CT is a one of one. It's not, it's not like another CT is coming. God broke the mold after he made that guy. Absolutely. (laughs) Camilla and Nani, we're, we're never seeing them again. Well, Nani's back. not no, but back. I'm just saying like the next version of them is, oh, yeah, is yeah, not yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, one yeah, of yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, I think it was the free agent season. It was on, I always have it on in the background, but I'm not totally watching it. And Camilla was mad at somebody and Nani tried to break it up and she then they get mad at each out. other <laughs> and they have like an hour long, everybody's holding them back and it's yep. just going and going. It's like Ollie Frazier three in Manila. Yeah. And it's just going to go. And then the next day, they're just like, hey, sorry about that. Yeah. What a breakfast. Yeah. It, there's never been two people like that ever. No, man. That's a whole That's a whole lot of, you know, spicy Latina right there, dude. You, of that's course. A, that, and that of course, a you, have combination. A, you have a mild history with both of them. So we, we should mention mild. that as well. Yeah. Mild. Mild. A, Dabble. a dabbling. Did a little dabbling. Yeah. Yeah. I was always team Nani in those. Me too. Because listen, here's the difference. Nani is, Nani goes crazy because she's emotional. Camilla would go crazy because she's unstable. Right. She would like actually almost like, like the lights would just go off. She wouldn't even know what was happening. Flip a switch and she went into a different dimension. You know what I mean? Like Nani would get emotional. She'd cry. She'd be a little drunk. She'd be crazy, but not like, I mean, Camilla, when she would, when she would go off and she'd have one of her things, I mean, it was like the gates of hell were opening up, dude. Like it, it was, it was, it was brutal. 
she made the unforgivable sin, which is why she she can't yeah. come back. She was yeah. mean to she was mean to Leroy, the my golden favorite, child. my favorite other than you. You don't do that, man. You you don't. I mean, for for any reason. Do you not be mean in for anything with Leroy? Yeah. Leroy's the best. He is, dude. He really is. He's a. Gem. Has he had a, Has he had even one mean moment on the show? Not that I can remember. He's just too. Listen, the thing about Leroy is he's such a good soul, man. He's he's just such a loyal. When when you talk about someone, you know, I think the the the, the phrase "real" gets thrown around way too casually. Yeah, Leroy is one of the realest dudes that you will ever meet. You hear a lot of people who come on the show and it's like they want to talk about their their background and their history. And this is why I am the way that I am. If there was anyone, you knew Leroy's history. If there was ever anyone to be able to kind of have a, a free pass for, you know, being a little, for wiling out sometimes, it would be him. But he is literally the most down-to-earth, well-adjusted, I mean, awesome guy. I mean, he, I call him on a regular basis because me and him have two different ways of kind of like dealing with people and dealing with the world. And he's just got this way of just seeing things in such just a, 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 a simple and just clear way that sometimes I get bogged down with like overthinking things and getting way too much into my head. Um, and he's, he's, he's a gem dude. And, and well, and he's, and he's never won the, the show. Yeah, yeah. And he's never won the challenge and he's he had needs bad luck. Well, the one year he could have won was the year when he was with Naya. Yep. And they made the, I think they even made the finals and then they the did. hurricane. Hurricane Naya finally was unleashed and she got kicked off the show and they were, they were the best team. Yeah. They would have won. I think that was the same. That was the season when, uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah threw me in she against Leroy. Yeah. Backstabbed that. That's what, that's what started the whole, you know, I stole the money from that. That's what a lot of people forget that that's everyone remembers me, me stealing the money from Sarah, but nobody ever remembers why I did it and why we were rivals in the first place. I'll, I'll tell you, remembers me because <laughs> because you guys were really close and she completely stabbed you in the back. But then yeah, dude. that opened the door for Leroy and Naya to be the favorites. Yeah. Naya self-destructs and then Jordan and Sarah end up winning. I did not think they were the best team that year, but it no. goes back to with the challenge. You know, the other one, go back to some of the older ones. They, and there, this is goes back to where are the people like this now on the current challenge? Like somebody like Derek, what does he weigh? Like one fifty, one sixty, one sixty-five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a and he, middleweight, and he's in like these pull the rope tug of war challenges with dudes who are like two thirty-five, and it takes them you know, 20 minutes to finally put him away. That dude was unlike anybody. Derek, pound for pound. And I will say this. I mean, a lot of people like CT is the most dominant guy. Pound for pound yeah. in a in a physical elimination and physical competition, Derek, pound for pound, is the best, I think, most scrappy, most tenacious player I've ever seen. He's what the I, one you would have to actually kill to beat him. If, you would if have it came to, down to it. They would have to give you a a, a, a baseball bat to beat this guy down, he'd still dude. the elimination with Joss that he came in as a mercenary. Nonetheless, yeah. Derek had no skin in the game. All right. He was leaving one way or another. It's not like he was fighting right. for his way into the game. He was getting paid and he was going against a guy who, who like was trying to stay in the game for two hours. Derek got his ass beat, stepped on, kicked, punched. I mean, Joss is a big dude and he just did not give up. He just did not give up. The same, if uh, going back to a cutthroat after I was after I was eliminated, one of the best eliminations ever. 
Um, it was called uh, Riot Gear or something like that, or Riot. Yeah. And all the guys had Riot Shields. And so Derek was on my team, but I was already gone. So it was basically him and I think he was by himself. He took on Tyler, Brad, and Dunbar, all right, with a Riot Shield, three against one, and he almost and he almost walked out of that. Guys, I mean, again, like I said before, they don't make them. They just do not make them like that anymore, man. You know, he was cut from a different cloth as well. And then Darrell is always yeah. in the finals, except for ends up beating the crap out of a drunk Brad. You were in the yep. room for that one. Yep. Um, that was also in the ruins. Yep. But then the other one against uh, Crazy Tony, where he throws Tony off, but then somehow his foot hit the water before. Yeah. I think those were the only two times he lost, and both of them were complete flukes. He lost to uh, CT in the tie a knot on the cage contest in Invasion too. Um, I don't know if you oh, remember that. Oh, early, early. Early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have that one. No, no, this was, no, this was recent. This was Invasion. This was like, I don't know, this was the season after, I think, my rival season with Sarah. I think this was right oh, after I don't rivals. remember that one. I might have to, might have to step in with that one again. Invasion of the Champions. When all yeah. the new kids were there, then we came. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that one against Darrell in Balls In. Remember, we, we actually talked about it on, uh, on the, the podcast that one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, that was essentially the same the elimination that CT beat Darrell in, which was that they had to basically make a knot on the cage and the other guy tie it. CT just basically made a huge beehive on the side of this net. They had to use like a chainsaw to cut this thing off. Right. Uh, but that was, he made the uh, ill-advised mistake of trying to replicate that this season against Jay early on when it was a totally different strategy. He fell apart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Darrell was a great one. I, yeah. I would say if there was a challenge hall of fame, I think he's in it. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. No, Darrell's... I mean, I think again. CT CT is like the shack where Hall of Famer won some titles, but you feel like there could have been more. Yeah, absolutely. He was his own worst enemy in some ways. He really he could was, have been an eight title guy, but it just, you know, he had some baggage. His biggest dude. And he'll, he'll say this too. His biggest mistake. One of his biggest mistakes was on gauntlet three. He sent me in to elimination, which I eventually got sent home and kept big easy who weighed mm. 160 pounds and big easy ended up dying in the final and costing right. him what would have potentially been his first final win. Yeah. That was traumatic. Was traumatic. Who, um, who do you think is the best female of all time? Uh, of all time. I mean, I'd have to say there's like probably, I'd have to say top three. Uh, I'd have to say Laurel, uh, Emily Schramm. Um, uh, would you put Jenny in there? I mean, uh, I'd say Jenny is again has a very high ceiling, but it's going to be very interesting to see. We've seen Laurel when she comes in and has to deal with the entire house against her. Jenny, I told her this actually on our, I did a live with her last night after the, after the finale. I was yeah. like, Jenny, you're now going to experience like the bananas treatment when you show yeah. up to the challenge and every girl in the house is going to be against you. And she's a very like, really like sweet, like nice girl. Like she doesn't have that like killer instinct in her like Laurel does. Like that, that intense, in, intimidating, terrifying, uh, you know, nature about her. So it's going to be interesting to see how she does when everyone stacks up against her, which is surely going to happen. I have Emily. I have Emily in that conversation too. I think pound for pound, I think she was the best, but I think Laura had, I, Laurel had a mean edge to her that I don't know if Emily has. No, 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 no. Nobody has. Nobody Laura is, has, has a mean spirited edge. Yeah. She's one of those that ones came out a few times. You, you want her peeing out of your tent, not into it for sure. I mean, Emily won a title with Paula. Yeah. Which is your impressive. old Key West roommate. 
Yeah. yeah. I think that got her off the schneid, right? Yeah. I was, I, I, I think that's, that was what, that win is what then propelled Paula to being like, all right, I don't reality television. It's time for me to start, you know, popping out some kids. So she's doing well too. You know, Jacoby and I, once upon a time, came up with the idea for Rivals. They stole it from us unabashedly because we talked about it on a podcast and then six months later, they're doing it. I have another. Did they have? Did they figure out the next challenge season yet? Is it in motion? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure what it is, uh, but yeah, the next the next season's in motion already. But do they have the gimmick yet or no? I don't know. I mean, we don't we don't know that until we we have our guesses. Like we try and come up with what we think it could be, but I mean, nobody really knows right now. It's still kind of up in the air. I gotta say, the battle of the seasons gimmick is great, yeah. and I think they should bring that back for a second one. But do it. It doesn't necessarily have to be seasons. I think it should be four-person teams that they figure out the four people have some sort of connection to each other. Yep. But just all of that, how it worked, where two people could go, but the team was still alive, mm-hmm. I thought was really smart. And then the dynamics of the four people yeah. on the team yep. and turning on each other and be mad and somebody's not stepping up. It was the fights within the fights within the fights. Yeah. Oh, it's, it was really smart. But I just like the concept of a team and how it was like, you know, Austin and Brooklyn. And so I think that would be a good one for them where like you could pick your team, right? You could have you, Nani, Leroy, you could pick all your people and it could be like, these are my people. Yeah. And then like, it'll be like, like five like other the challenge teams like that. alliances or like besties or something like that, where you're on a team with like your besties. Closest. You got yeah. it. There it is. Yeah. The challenge besties or BFFs or whatever. <laughs> But then that was the thing. It's like, maybe you're not besties. Oh, I thought we were besties. What's <laughs> going on here? I think that would work. Listen, you know what else? You guys always have been on the forefront of coming up with very, you know, ingenuitive things. And I think one thing that you came up with, and I, a lot of people know it, a lot of people are aware of it, but they don't know. And I give you credit for it every time I do an interview or anything. It's giving the challenge the the moniker the fifth major american sport thank you i did come up with that that you is did true. and before i ever met you and i remember the first time me and you ever ever like connected was through twitter and i remember you you, you sent me a tweet and you're like hey man if you're ever in la love to go out to dinner and and uh and then and i told derek and derek's like yeah dude he's the one that always calls the challenge the fifth major american sport and you have been referring to the challenge as the fifth major sport since the mid 2000s yeah yeah it's true and it's so funny because now this season, the fact that everything's been shut down as far as sports are concerned, basketball, football, baseball. Yeah. This was the first time that the challenge actually got to step up and got its notoriety or whatever for actually being able to step up and kind of, you know, fill in for the gap that people had as sports. And every interview that I did, it was so funny. Us Weekly, E! News. Every one of them was like, yeah, you know, the challenge is the fifth major American sport. I'm like, do you guys know where that came from? That's so funny. Yeah. 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 The soccer, the soccer fans like to think they're the fifth, but no, I don't think so. You know, it's interesting what happened with the challenge though. Producer Craig, who's, who's producing this pod, who uh, is in his mid twenties, probably 25. And he was saying he doesn't watch challenge because his generation, they don't have cable. What? So yeah, they just like, they get on it, know, Craig. No, they don't have cable. They don't have MTV they stream in the traditional everything. way. Yeah. So I think one of the things the challenge has to do is they have to get their the seasons on Hulu or whatever yeah. so we can get the 25 and under. Because I want it to continue to be, I don't want to, I don't want it to be what happened with baseball, 
where they were like, yeah, screw young people. We'll yeah. have our World Series games end at 1230 night. And then those kids grow up and they don't care about baseball. We have to protect the 25 and unders. I agree. I think right now, I think I think that's incredibly important too. Uh, but I, it, the, the funny thing that's happened with the challenge over the past few seasons is MTV, like all other networks, they were really just really honed in on that 18 to 24 demographic, right? Yeah. As long as those numbers were good, that's all that mattered. But what's, what's unique about the challenge, you know, from any other show on MTV is the fan base. The majority of the fan base for the challenge is like 34 to like 54. Like right. we have a complete, like our fan base is so unique. And the reason why is because we're the only show ever that has taken, that has had cast members recast season after season after season. And the majority of my fans are people that are around my age who have been watching me since my original season of the real world. And I think after a while, MTV just decided it's like, we got to embrace these fans because they are mm. the most loyal. MTV has the most loyal fans of any show on earth. Okay. Rabid. And they are downright, they could be downright nasty at the same time, but there's people that come on from other shows, big brother, whatever, Love Island. And the first season they do with the challenge, they're like, I, I, I've never seen a fan base this supportive and this rabid ever in my entire life. And I think, you know, so that's kind of how the, how the challenge is unique, man, is our, our, uh, the majority of our fans don't fit that same, that same mold, you know? Second to last question, what's the best challenge season ever? So personally, I, okay, so my favorite challenge season beginning to end was Rivals 1. Um, only because for me, that was, I mean, it was the first time we ever- Who was your rival? I forget. Tyler. Yeah. Oh yeah, you guys won. That's why you liked it. Well, that's why I liked it. But the, it was the fashion that we won in. Okay, it was the first challenge where we ever had to relocate. It was the first overnight challenge. It was the and I will to, to the day I die, the hardest final in challenge history. All right, what that yeah. final did to us was just absolutely vicious. Um, went into that devastatingly, disgustingly, terrifying elimination against Adam and CT, where we had to run blind through this called yep. T-Bone. It was basically like, how can we kill you guys? What's a, what's a, what's a Adam creative Adam choked way? though. Adam fell. He had it. He choked. Um, and then winning that final, I think that one was the hardest fought final. Um, the most difficult final. Free agents is right up there too as well. I mean, personally, again, I had to, the alliance that I had to take down in order to win was Jordan, CT, Zach, and Johnny Riley. And I had to beat every single one of them at a, that one or another in the, uh, at some point in the game. And then I think above all, man, I know this kind of goes without saying, but this season was beginning to end from as far from the bunker, the, the amount of pressure I felt that was, that was on me to, to, to see this thing through, um, you know, and uh, again, the pressure from the, the, the external pressure, the pressure I put on myself, uh, you know, my legacy, uh, I felt like it was all in line this season. and. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I, I was, I don't know if from this point on, as much as I want to sit here and tell you, I'm going to see another final. I'm going to win again, dude, your guess is as good as mine. If that's ever just based on the, 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 the level of, of, of competition these days, the diabolical nature of the challenges, 
the fact that I'm obviously like, you know, getting later on in life and I'm not the sprint, you know, as spry as I used to be challenges are getting harder. And, um, you know, just trying to keep up has been difficult. So, uh, yeah, so this one was, what was really special, man, for sure. Well, I w I was really excited for you. Congrats. You. Who Thank last you. question, who are your three people for challenge BFF? Who that's a, that's a, uh, I'd have they to have say, to do this season. It's too good of an idea. Challenge besties, challenge, challenge BFF, besties. whatever you uh, call it. Leroy, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and then so now you, two, now you need two, two guys. Females. Yep. Yep. I do a Laurel. Laurel. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Love her because she's good or because she's your friend. Both. Both. Okay. Both. I love. No, me and Laurel, dude, have have a very we have a very very tight uh, relationship. Um, and uh, who would who would the fourth be? I'd have to say if we're doing besties, it would probably have to be Nani. I was gonna say if Nani wasn't on there, I think she'd be hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that we just have all of us. I think the four of us, you know, have the longest longest history with them. By the way, that's a fun team. That'd be a really fun team, man. Be a really fun team. Uh, not sure how well we would perform overall in daily challenges, but we would have a good time doing it. Corey, Nelson, Anissa, and who's the fourth? Uh, Fessy? No, no, it's got to be a girl. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Corey, Anissa. Nelson, oh, Anissa. Kayla. Kayla. Yep. Then CT, Car, Maria. Uh-huh. Do any other, guy, any other guys like CT? Wes? So they, yeah, CT and Wes would pretend they like each other. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then Wes would probably try to get Emily in there and be like, no, no, Emily and I are really close. We text yeah, yeah, every yeah. day. No, no, we're best friends. No, She's got to be in there. Yeah. Uh, Ashley, I'm telling a you. Ashley Mitchell. Yeah. Challenge besties. Tell your dudes. I like it, man. Listen, I think I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. Tell the, the Boone and Murray team. Uh, okay. well, I'm sure they're going to listen to this. I'm sure they're going to listen to this and I'll probably be uh, reprimanded for, you know, some of the tea I've spilled, but whatever. That's where we're at. Challenge besties. Bananas. Congrats. Number seven. I'm proud of you. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it, man. Listen, I got it. And I know I tell you this every time, but I'll say it again. It's guys like you uh, that, 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 that really bring the challenge into a whole different dimension um, and having support and, uh, you know, long, Time fans like, like you is what is what makes it is what makes this really special. Man. So, so thank you as well.